limits. We are given 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and that's what we have to work with. We don't have any more. That's it. And we have to fit everything we're going to do inside of that time frame. And sometimes, frequently maybe, towards the end of that time or the end of that week or the end of that day, we seem to have more that we have to do than we have time to do it. And that can be stressful. It can happen on your jobs. You, your, your weeks are filled with very normal things that you do all the time, but then towards the end of the week or the end of the day, things get added, added to that list, but you still only have the same amount of time, and now you have to do more and more and more. It happens in our families, too. Our families, we have the ball games and the activities and maybe even more during the school year, but we add things to the schedule, add things to the family schedule. We add and we add and we add, and rarely do we subtract things, and it can get stressful. We find mom taking one child this direction, dad taking a kid this way, and grandparents taking some others in other directions because we have limited time, and that's all we have is that amount of time. Now, here's another truth in this. Not only is our time limited, but also we have emotional limits as well. Our mind, our emotions, they have limits. And up to the limits, we might be okay. But then there's that point that we get pushed beyond what we can handle emotionally. And that's when we break. That's when things really go off the rails for us. Now, many of these emotional limits that we have have to do with uh, stages of life that you're in. You might be, if, if you're young parents, and you have, maybe you're just knee-deep in diapers <laughs> and diaper changing, and then suddenly you have another baby, and now it's two babies in diapers, and then you have all the feeding that you have to do, and then as you get a little older, you also are going to be facing maybe aging parents and what different things that, that come with that. You might be facing in your life or in your family some medical procedures. You might be facing a stage of life where you're having some marriage trouble, work stress, many of these things leading to possibly depression. You could be in a stage of life with just physical things happening, back pain. You might be having more emotional things with loneliness or anxiety. All of these things can lead us to our breaking points because we have emotional limits. And as you're kind of approaching those, sometimes your friends have things to say to you. They want to encourage you. They want to say something. So maybe you have a friend who has said something like this. Well, you know, you really should have planned ahead. After all, it wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. Yeah, great. Thanks, friends. Wow, you really encouraged me with that one. Thank you so much. Maybe someone has said something like this. Well, when God closes a door, you know, he always opens a window. Or maybe they've said, God helps those who help themselves. And then there's this one, this one that maybe you have heard this one before. God won't give you more than you can handle. As if to say, you know, you really should be able to handle this. You can do this. Just, you know, just kind of toughen up. Make it through this. 
you can handle this. Otherwise, God would not allow you to go through it. And you might be thinking, great advice. So I guess, yeah, I can make it. So I'm going to go now and make it. Because, right, God is not going to give me more than I can handle. But here's one problem with that statement. It's just not true. You know, the Bible is actually full of champions of our faith. Champions, heroes of our faith, who went to their breaking points emotionally and beyond those breaking points. People who had more than they could handle, and the Bible is filled with example after example, and it's just like us, overwhelmed at times with more than we can handle. And guess what? God actually allows it. The psalmist was to his breaking point when he wrote this, Psalm 38, verse 4. He said, my guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. In other words, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. I am to my emotional breaking point. The Bible is full of examples like that. We find them with, with Gideon and Moses who hit his emotional breaking point many times. And King David who hit his breaking point many times. And guess what? This one may be a surprise to you. Even Jesus was pushed to his emotional breaking point. Mark chapter 14, listen to this little portion of this story. Verse 33, he, that's Jesus, took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and horrified. Now, this is Jesus just hours before he was going to be arrested, then tortured, and then killed. And he was deeply distressed, pushed to his breaking point. Now, Jesus, the Bible tells us Jesus is God, 100% God, who stepped out of heaven and put on the flesh and blood of man. So he's 100% God, and he's also 100% man. And Jesus in this moment is in his humanity near his breaking point. He said, I am distressed and I am horrified. Verse 34, then he said to them, my soul is swallowed up in sorrow to the point of death. And he's not looking forward, not saying when I'm going to be crucified here in just a few hours. He's saying at this moment, I am in such distress and emotional trauma right now. I feel like I'm at the point of death right now. Why in the world? Would God allow you and me to have more than we could handle? Why would God allow us to feel overwhelming stress that would push us beyond our own limits? Why would God allow us to be pushed beyond our emotional limits? I think most of us realize that when life is smooth, and life is calm, and when things are good, we have a tendency to forget about God. 
when things are really smooth, we have a tendency to live Sunday to Sunday. We show up Sunday and we worship God and we think about God and we make promises to God and commitments to God on Sunday and then we live through the week and then we show up again Sunday and we do the same. So we're living Sunday to Sunday when things are smooth. Or sometimes we might be living month to month, one Sunday and then four weeks later another Sunday when things are smooth. Or perhaps we live Easter to Easter. But in the meantime, we have a tendency to forget about God. But when we have more than we can handle, and we know it, in those moments we begin to depend upon God, not week to week or month to month or once a year, no. In those moments, we learn to depend upon God moment by moment. And you know, it looks a lot like the entire history in the Old Testament of the Israelite people. I mean, that's the way they were. When things were smooth, they forgot about God. And then something would happen and rock their world, and they would call out to God. And then things would be smooth in the land of milk and honey, you know, and then something would happen, and they would cry out to God. But before we get too judgmental for the Israelite people in the Old Testament, that's a lot like the way we live our lives today. We do the very same thing. When life is easier, when life is smoother, we have a tendency to live without depending upon God. And the tougher things get, the tougher life gets, then the more we lean on him and the more we call out to him and the more we depend upon him. And some of these problems that we have that make life bumpy, some of those problems are simply because we live in this broken world and things happen around us and things happen to us that we didn't deserve, we didn't earn. I mean, they just happen. And we would look at God and we'd say, that is unfair. But things do happen in this broken world and they happen to us. And sometimes things that we did not call upon ourselves. But even those things, God allows them to happen to the point where it is more than we can handle. And then sometimes the trouble that we find we find it because of something we did. We find it because maybe we have rebelled against God or we made some really, really bad decisions and we're living out those consequences of those bad decisions. And guess what? Even in those moments, God allows those things even to be more than we can handle. And his desire in this is that those times, those things, whether whether it's a consequence that we have earned or whether it's just because we live in this broken world. God desires those things to drive us toward him. Jonah is one of those guys that made some decisions in the Old Testament where he ran away from God. I mean, God said, I want you to do this. And Jonah looked at God and said, okay, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do it at all. In fact, I'm going to do the opposite. He ran away from God. He made some really bad decisions, and he was paying the consequence, the, the price for those decisions that he made. And they pushed him all the way to and through, past his breaking point, all the way to the edge of death. It was more than he could handle, and God allowed it. 
Jonah describes, he said, I finally got to the point in my extreme distress. He said, I called out to you, God, and you answered me, he said. He said, my life was ending, but I finally, this is what it took for Jonah, but I finally, as my life was about to end, I remembered you, God, and I came running back to you. Now here, that's, that's an example where that works. God wants those problems, even if we brought them on ourselves, or if they're problems that were from someone else that were thrust upon us, or we just can't explain it. Maybe it's something physical we just can't explain. God wants those to drive us towards him, as it did with Jonah. But here's the problem. If we don't believe the right thing about God, then that's not going to drive us towards God. If we believe wrong, if we believe that God will never give us more than we can handle, then our first response when that trouble, the big, big trouble comes, when life gets hard, really difficult, we ask this, well, where's God? I mean, where exactly is God in all of this? If we believe that God will never give us more than we can handle, when it does happen, and it will, we doubt God instead of depending upon God. And it's mostly because we've believed a lie. We've believed, like we said last week, that our happiness is a priority to God. Now, here's a big thought. Don't let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. When a storm comes into your life, and it will, don't let the presence of that storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. But if you believe the lie that says God will never allow you to have more than you can handle, then that's exactly what we're going to do. The storm is going to make us doubt. But that's not what God wants. God's desire is for you to believe the truth. That yes, God will allow you to have more than you can handle. Listen to what the psalmist said here in 145 verse 18. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. And you know what? When we face the storm, God's desire is for us to realize we must depend upon him. Because yes, there are going to be things in this life that are more than we can handle, that overwhelm us, but they never will overwhelm God. This was true of the heroes of our faith. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament, you've heard me talk a lot about this guy named Paul. Paul, in the beginning, was a Christian hater, a Jesus hater, and he became a Christ follower. He became what he hated. He became one, and God completely changed his life, renovated his life, and Paul became, he went on to become one of probably the greatest Christ followers to have ever lived, but there was something, something that Paul had 
We don't know what it, what it was. There was something he had or something that had him. And it, it devastated his life. It made his life, whatever it was, it made his life miserable, dreadful, and oh so difficult. And Paul tells us, he says, I, I called out to God and I pleaded with God. I begged God. He said time and time and time again, I begged God, take this away. It is more than I can handle. God, take this away. I am overwhelmed. Take it away. And he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Each time, he said, God said to him, Paul, my grace is all you need. So when Paul begged God to take this horrible thing away from him, God's response? No. I'm not going to take it away, Paul. No. And Paul goes on. He says, God would say, my power works best in weakness. As if to say, Paul... I may not take this away. And in fact, I'm not going to take this away. But I will take you through it. In this, Paul, you will experience my power. And Paul goes on. He says, so now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses. He says, so that the power of Christ can work through me. In verse 10, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and the trouble. Paul is saying, in all of this mess, in all of this junk, in all of these horrible things, I now am taking pleasure in my weakness. He said, in all of this, as bad as it gets, hardships and persecutions and trouble, all of this that I suffer for Christ. And then he ends that verse with this, for when I am weak, then I'm strong. It's as if Paul is saying, I have a choice to make in all of this mess. I can choose to live with my power and my strength and just try to gut it up and make it through and I may break doing it. I have a choice, my power and my strength, or God has said I can lean on him and I can have his power and his strength. My power or God's power? I mean, wh what do I choose? Because I have a choice in this storm. It's not one choice for the rest of my life. In this storm that I'm facing right now, my strength or God's strength? I have a choice. I can choose my power, and he'll let me choose it, but my power's not enough. And it's going to lead me to the breaking point and beyond, and I'm going to snap. Or I can choose God's power, which he may not take away the problem, but he will certainly take me through it. So I have a choice to make. 
If you're a parent of, of, a, of a child, a teenage child or an adult child who has become rebellious, you have a choice to make. Your strength or God's strength. If you're facing the death or have just faced the death of a family member, you have a choice. Your power to get through this or God's power. Terminal illness. Your power, God's power. Maybe you have some kind of chronic pain or chronic illness that you're going to live with the rest of your life. Your power or God's power. Drug and alcohol abuse. Your strength or God's strength. Are you going through a divorce? Your power or God's power. Is your marriage having trouble? Your strength or God's strength. Have you lost a job or you're having to change jobs? Your power or God's power. Are you finding that you're going to have to move again? Yet again, you're moving again and you don't want to move? Your strength or God's strength. You have to change schools. Teenager, you got to change. Or parent, you have to make your child change schools. Your strength or God's strength. Maybe you're having a problem with your spouse or you're having a problem with your parent or you're having a problem with your child or with your brother or your sister, your strength or God's strength. You have to choice. You have the choice. You have to choose. Maybe it's not a family member. Maybe you're having problems with friends, problems with coworkers, your strength or God's strength. Maybe your grades weren't so awesome. Maybe you're finding that you're having an inability to retain information that you've got to know for the test. Or maybe you're having trouble with teacher, or you're having a trouble with managing your school life and deadlines. And here's my question. Your strength or God's strength? Maybe you're having all kinds of trouble at work. Maybe you're doing things that are making you late, you're absent, or maybe you're having problems with your boss or your coworkers. You're having trouble. Your strength or God's strength. You've been a victim of abuse. Your strength or God's strength. Maybe a victim of a crime. Your power or God's power extreme loneliness or you don't feel any community or a lack of friends your strength or god's strength financial problems and maybe maybe tax problems your strength or god's strength in all of this in all of these scenarios you have an emotional limit and people will tell you listen you just got to be strong and i'm here to tell you they're wrong Maybe you've heard someone say this. Until God is all that you have, you never realize that he's really all that you need. We have a choice to make. We can live through these storms or in these storms in our own power and our own strength. Or we can lean in on God. And that's what he desires. 
so that we can have his power and his strength. Paul, who we just talked about, listen to what else he wrote in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 26. And he says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. There it is again, in our weakness. God isn't asking you to be strong right now. He's asking you to admit you're near a breaking point. You're near your end. This is all you can do. This is all you, you can't handle it. If you're a Christ follower, then that means that Jesus has sent his spirit, the spirit of God, to live inside of you as a follower of Christ. And Paul says, it is that spirit that will come to your weakness. When you hit that point of weakness and admit it, that God's spirit presents his power. Two verses later, in verse 28, Paul gives us perhaps one of the most famous verses in the New Testament. And he says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose for them. Now notice, Paul is not saying that God causes everything to be good. Paul's not saying that God takes whatever is bad and he takes it away. That, ta- that he will remove the trouble, he'll remove the sickness, he'll remove all the hurt and all the pain. No, that's not what he says. He says that God will take whatever it is and he will use that somehow for your good. He will use it for your good. He may not take it away, but he will certainly take you through. But we have a choice to make. My strength or his strength. And do you know what he's waiting on, I believe? He's waiting on you to admit, I can't. God, I need you. He's waiting on you to call out to him. And so this morning, perhaps for you, for the very first time, maybe you never have called out on God. Maybe you've been investigating God. Maybe you know a lot about God, but maybe you have never given him this life back, the one that he has given you. And we can do that because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. You see... The Bible tells us that we have all made our own decisions and lived our lives our way. The Bible describes that as sin. We've all blown it. And because we've sinned, that has put a barrier between us and God here on this earth. And a barrier for eternity. Because God can have nothing to do with sin. And that's why he sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay that price for us, the price for our sin, making it possible for us to give him our lives and allow his sacrifice to count for us. And maybe you've never given him your life, and this morning you can.
Here's what you need to do. You just simply need to let God know. You don't have to stand up and shout it. He's listening to your heart right now. If you simply say, God, I've blown it. I've lived this life my way. And I've blown it. But I know you died on the cross. And you included me in that sacrifice. And when you died, you paid a price for that sin, my sin. And that constitutes a purchase. You purchased something when you died on the cross. And right now, I am admitting that. You purchased my life. So I'm going to give you this life of mine that you purchased and you bought. It's yours. I give it to you. It was mine, but I give it to you. I was the boss, but now you are my boss. You realize we can do that because Jesus died and they put him in a tomb. You know what happened three days later? Just as he said, he walked out of that tomb alive again, his heart beating. And he did that for you and for me. So this morning, perhaps for the very first time, you're ready to say, God, you can have this life. You bought it on the cross. It is yours. It belongs to you. And if that's what you're doing, on the back of your connection card, before you put it in the giving bucket, in just a few moments, would you please mark the back of that card? It's uh, on the other side of the information. It says, my next step today. And under those letters, it says, for the first time, I'm really choosing to become a Christ follower. I'm giving my life to Jesus because he died as a sacrifice for my sins so I can be his forever. If that's you this morning for the first time, would you mark that? And there's other, there are others of us this morning. Maybe you have already made that decision and your life belongs to God. But maybe for you, you are facing some kind of trouble and you've, try, you've been trying to do this on your own. And maybe you're realizing that you need to call out to God. You need to call out to him and say, I am weak. I have tried. I can't do it. I think I'm going to break. I think I'm going to snap. I need you to take me through this. I realize you may not take this away, but I need you to take me through it. And maybe that's what you need to call out to God right now. Or perhaps you're not facing a storm at all right now, but you know there will be one in your future, and you don't want to wait until the storm comes for you to call out to God. Maybe you need to make a commitment to spend time with God as your father, as your friend, every single day. And we gave you encouragement about that last week, and I put a post on Facebook. You can find that. Maybe you need to do that. The truth is this. We all have limits, an emotional limit. And we can try to face these things in our strength and we will snap. We will reach our limit and beyond. Or we can call out to God and we can lean on him. That's our prayer for you this morning. Let's pray. God, many of us have prayed and asked you to take away some kind of hurt, some kind of pain or sickness, emotional trauma, and yet we still have it. And perhaps as Paul learned, we need to learn 
that you call to us and say that your grace is what we need. That your power works best in my weakness. And may we come to the place in our lives as Paul did that we can say, I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. I take pleasure in my weakness because those insults, the hardships, the persecutions, the trouble, all of the things I suffer, it allows me to be weak because it is in that weakness that I lean on your strength, Father, and then I am strong. God, give us the wisdom to know what to do with these things that we have heard in your word and give us the courage to do them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.